Blog Talk Radio. supposed to be a thing but it ended up being a thing 
know, in 1999, it was, okay, we have another show. It's going to be hopefully long-lasting, and it would make fans feel like there's another option for them to watch. Well, now we've got AEW coming on Wednesdays, and we've also got plenty of shows, I'm sure, you know, from Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that that you can catch on the Fight Network. Long story short, folks, while I stall, okay, because I can and I will. I did watch it on USA Network. I did feel like there were some gaping holes included, you know, in the match card. Started off with King's Court, you know, that was uh, close to the main event. But, uh, Oh, goodness. Okay. Here's what I'm going to read. Okay. Actually, no. I'll just go off memory from what I paid attention to. Okay. You saw Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler ended up getting the victory from the distraction of the Fiend, which I don't know why. Is he the Fiend or is he Bray Wyatt? Is it some playoff of Finn Balor's character? Don't know. But uh, I thought, you know, it was a good way of showing the fans some variety, quite frankly. I hate using that phrase. Okay. So, this is the go-home. Actually, no, that's not... We're going to pause some seconds for station identification right here on Off the Rails Uncensored Wednesday night. Bear with me, folks. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look that drives the girls wild. I've got the mood that really moves them. I said, chill. Gonna say it. Let's see here. 
share. Charlotte Flair showed up during King's Court in Memphis, Tennessee. <sighs> okay, so AJ Styles ended up going one-on-one with Kofi Kingston for the main event with the OC and also the New Day at ringside. Thank God they didn't do a six-man tag with their you know, long-winded promo. So Kevin Owens versus... Drew McIntyre, Owens beat McIntyre by pinfall. There was a stunner from Kevin Owens to Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to sound very lively from that very long-winded uh, interlude that I had with Shawn Michaels' theme. So Kevin Owens ends up getting the victory, and I'm getting questions from Instagram. Anyways. Bailey and Ember... Moon versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Bailey and Ember, because of certain distractions, lost the match. And, well, the end result was Alexa Bliss, Alexa Bliss and the psychotic Scott, the twisted sister of the both the blue and the red brand, Nikki Cross, ended up getting the victory because of said distraction. Okay. It was all right. It was okay, folks. Nothing to see here. Charlotte. Interrupts Trish Stratus. Now there's a match at SummerSlam. Balor keeps seeing the fiend. It was very good, you know, very good. Okay, Nakamura versus Ali. Not a big fan of the match. It was a surprise to see Nakamura lose to Ali. Don't really care. Him the Intercontinental Champion. Is it a big deal? It may, it may not be. I don't care. Okay. Randy Orton gives some insight about uh, Kofi Kingston, blah, blah, blah. So Kingston ends up later on facing AJ Styles. Kingston hits Trouble in Paradise after Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm. In a nutshell, folks, two-hour programming felt like it was one big... Oh, how do I put this? It was one big clusterfuck. It did make sense to have Kevin Owens going after Shane McMahon's cronies, even though Shane wasn't there that night in Memphis, Tennessee, at the FedEx Forum. Roman Reigns, that was kind of weird. That was very, very odd. That steel just happened to fall near Roman. Roman said, fuck this shit, bye, I'm leaving. My overall assessment of SmackDown Live, um, it's hard to say, folks, uh, whether I liked it or hey, I felt like it took forever in some areas, you know, with the segments and promos and whatnot, with Randy Orton doing his promo for Kofi, uh, SummerSlam, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, I'm probably going to do a bit of both. The card for SummerSlam now is Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair, Natalia versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. I have so many question marks for World Wrestling Entertainment. I really do. I do not own the rights, by the way, to SmackDown Live's trademark theme. All rights reserved. Jim Johnson, CSO, tracks, World Wrestling Entertainment, EST 2019. A little disclaimer. 
Oh, what's up, UK? What's up, United States? What's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia? What's up, everyone who's listening to this fucking madness? You want my honest opinion of SmackDown Live? I didn't know how to follow it or fall asleep. Now, Kevin Owens and him trying to interject himself into the direct story of him and McIntyre. Okay, that's fine. Is what it is. But... Here's my thing, fellas, ladies, those who are listening. I've watched SmackDown Live since its inception, since 1999, so about 20 years in the making. It was really good in 2016, 17, and 18. But for some weird reason, the roles have been reversed. SmackDown Live is now plugging more promos and giving more segments in the backstage area, more vignettes, more odd things happening. Is there chaos on SmackDown Live as well? Somewhat. What would, how would you describe the chaos? Well, dude, on a level of 1 to 10, it's even at, I don't know if you're going to put it at a 3 or a 4. Does every show need some chaotic event happening to make sense for a wrestling fan to comprehend, for us to get behind? Look, all I want is a show. I got a show. But the promos, dear God, Randy Orton, that was the only one that made sense to me because I, Kofi Kingston overcame a lot of obstacles. Okay. Now, for 11 years, he's been with the company. He supports the company, whatever, what have you. Whatever. It is what it is. I just, I'm having a hard time getting behind the blue brand now because it's just the same old shit except for different different stories. Same old shit meaning it really has not picked up. It really has not picked up steam since Billy Gunn left, the Lincoln left. Look, creatively speaking, WWE has plateaued. But I believe there is such a thing as the show will get better. I just, uh, like I said, I should have titled it GPS the reprise, needing a GPS the reprise, because I think WWE really at this point in juncture showing what SmackDown Live showed us last night with Nakamura getting upset by Ali. In ways, can it be believable? Yes. Him beating Shinsuke Nakamura. But honestly, how many people know of Mustafa Ali outside of pro wrestling? How many people know of Shinsuke Nakamura? Very seldom few. Like, who is he? Some Japanese fighter? Is some Japanese scene that we need to get a, you know get behind? Where's Asuka? Where is um, Io Shirai? No, yeah, not Io Shirai. I'm getting NXT confused. Where is the following people? Because it's like you need to understand there are people that do not watch professional wrestling that need some help. And of grasping, okay, this is why my son or this is why my daughter watches pro wrestling. They just like people hitting each other. Plain and simple, they're kids. So 
to answer your question, Marley, your kids will watch professional wrestling because they want to be entertained. It's they probably say names you won't get or comprehend or be like, well, okay, this is why my kid decided to watch you know professional wrestling all of a sudden. They watch it because they're people that are larger than life superstars and entertaining it, and there'll be AEW, All Elite Wrestling. So in other words, the reason why your kid's watching wrestling could be from options A to Z. You don't, they look up to them, they want to be like them one day, and then they might be a doctor or a nurse or whatever profession they want to be. But they, for now, the reason they like pro wrestling is because it's so cool to see people do moves and Obviously, they're bigger than them, can give high fives and can give hugs, and they give the kid the dis, the suspended disbelief that what they're doing in the ring is real. So that's how I answer that question. For those of you wanting to send questions my way, it's wrestle underscore radio. Again, that's wrestle underscore radio. You can send us questions through wrestle radio network forward slash facebook dot com. If you want to send us any kind of message, just be sure you send it to us directly, okay? That's WrestleRadio forward slash Facebook.com. I got to work on a new Twitter, folks, or I could just keep the same. But anyways, back to what I was saying. The blue brand used to be cool. Will it be cool again? I don't know. Do I still watch it? Because I have to report this to you. I could watch – I can have the network and just have Hulu replays. And cut out all the stuff. Maybe I might miss something really cool, but a part of me feels like, boy, the take homes of SummerSlam. One side was really prominent, Monday Night Raw. The other side, SmackDown Live. Um, I had a hard time staying awake. In some instances, watching the promos, you know, that New Day was doing. I'm kind of torn between them and the club, watching them what was going down, because they've interacted before, once upon a time. Actually, it was more of Roman Reigns and the Usos versus the club. Now it's the New Day versus the OC. Good Lord, man. And my friend, you know, saying, it's too predictable. Well, yes. Wrestling in general can be predictable, but at times promoters can pull strings and say, we're going to do something that's going to move the crowd a different way. It's give or take with professional wrestling. And my assessment, you know, it's like SmackDown Live is now doing what Monday Night Raw used to do. This is fucking funny. It's like role reversal. It's like, okay, you guys are going to have a stellar show, and we're going to go in the back, and we're just going to change shit up at 1.15 p.m. and just completely change the whole entire card. I don't care what, you know, what source did I get this from? Okay. A lot of people can go in-depth and say Vince changed it up, he changed it up, he changed it up. (laughs) Well, some things, you know, like the saying, hard is subject to change. What things exactly, what matches were changed exactly? Okay. Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz at SummerSlam was one example. Now, they're still going to interact with one another. I don't know how, and I just want to see it on the network to see exactly what headache our fans are going to get themselves into now that the card has changed, except for Natalia versus 
Becky, Trish versus Charlotte, Ember versus Bailey. So it's NXT versus NXT, NXT versus NXT. Except for Natty was not a part of uh, NXT for uh, well, she was original OVW girl slash FCW. You know she's gonna fucking win, folks. There's just no way that girl's not going to win. Or that woman, I should say. So, holy shit, I still have 24 minutes left on this goddamn show. I'm not going to... Actually, I've been on air for 21 minutes, so fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time where I ask that you... If you have small children, please remember that my show has explicit language and also uses... The content of a wrestler's professional wrestling theme. Glasgow Cross CFO. Credit goes to Jim Johnson. EST 2017. Nikki Cross. So, without further ado, fuckers, <clears throat> gentlemen, ladies, germs alike, get ready to hear "Off the Rails Uncensored," which is a trademark that was made in 2016. If you do decide to use it, it will be, well, you will be fined $45 per the usage of the phrase off the rails uncensored. If you do use it, you must ask permission. Off the rails uncensored was established in 2016 with a trademark title and publishing rights, all rights reserved. Hit my music, or hit the music, to get... So 
I get. Raw, okay, so according to Fightful.com, WWE Raw, 7 slash 29 viewership drops from Raw reunion big YouTube numbers for Brock and Reigns. Okay. So, Showbuzz Daily reports that Monday night's episode of WWE Raw averaged 2,321,000 viewers. This number is down from last week's Raw reunion viewership of 3,093,000 viewers. While that was expected, the worst news is the number is down from the three weeks prior to the Raw reunion, and it is the lowest average viewership since the June 24th episode. Monday's episode averaged a 0.74 rating in 18 to 49 demographic, down from last week's 1.13. The three hours of Raw finished second, third, and fourth among cable originals, losing out to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Hour one, 2.407 million, uh, 2.407 million viewers, 0.73 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. Hour two, 2.324 million, uh, 0.75 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. 2.23 million viewers, 0.75 rating in 18 to 49 demographic. So. The okay, this is the viewership on YouTube. Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns spark out an all out brawl, 2.4 million views. Brock Lesnar assaults Seth Rollins, 1.4 million views on YouTube. Maria Canellis becomes WWE 24 7 champion, 455,000. Maria Canellis confronts Braun Strowman, 411,000 views on YouTube. So, YouTube's getting a fair shake in viewership. That's always great. If you really want viewership, why? Just hi, I'm first ever pregnant WWE 24/7 champion. It's like, um, what do you say to certain things? You know, just roll with it, basically, essentially, because you have no choice as a fan. Um, this is why a lot of us have decided, okay, maybe we can give AEW a fair shake. I've already been giving them a handshake and, well, a metaphorical, then some. Why? Because if you have an option to watch other versions of this thing we call professional wrestling, this Ragnarok, this craziness, this beautiful thing, this soap opera, if you will, for men, for older men, it's where you can watch the bullshit go down. It's where you can crack open a cold one if you want and just watch whatever drama is going on between like Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston or Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks or the Gorillas of Destiny and the Briscoe Brothers. Whatever your cup of tea is in professional wrestling, just be fair warned. Not everybody shares your viewpoints. Not everybody shares your general biased opinions on what professional wrestling is, you know, to you. So, How does one watch it, watch SmackDown Live without wanting to heave something at the TV sometimes? Because it's two hours long and you got to have a real good attention span to pay attention to all these promos that have to tie into SummerSlam. So, the card for SummerSlam, got to pull this up because I don't want to just be babbling around in circles, okay? I want to go over each match and tell you what interests me, and I'll tell you quite quickly, all right? 
They've changed a lot, folks. Not too much, okay? Okay, biggest party of the summer. Okay, Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I don't know if my prediction is going to ring true, but I think Brock Lesnar will win the championship. Why? Or retain it? It's just builds for a bigger story for Survivor Series, in my opinion. Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Kofi retains. That's a four-drawn conclusion. Randy looks like he has egg in his face. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. That is the most ma- uh, intriguing match that we are looking forward to as fans. Please do not screw that up. Please, that's all I'm asking. And they won't. Raw wins championship. Becky Lynch versus Natalia in a submission match. Oh, my Ah, they just added intrigue to that match. It's going to be awesome. SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Ember Moon. Bailey retains. I don't see oh, – if Ember wins, that's going to be interesting, to say the least. Um, I just don't see that happening. Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. I guarantee you Charlotte Flair probably will win. I could be wrong on all these matches in my predictions. But I will say the following. Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, that's going to be one hell of a match. So, one second, folks. Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus is also a a match of intrigue that I really want to take a look into. And, you know, it should have – some say that it should have happened at Evolution last year. Look – it's going to be an interesting match. Okay. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If he loses to Shane, Kevin Owens quits WWE. Please don't be the case, is all I'm saying. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, a new you know addition. This is pretty good for Bray. But now, he looks... So now Bray Wyatt looks like he actually has a chance. Sorry about that, folks. Amorous call freaking in the middle of my show, really, asshole. Okay, so The Fiend versus The Fiend. Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. Pretty good buildup for that match. I predict Bray Wyatt's going to take that one. The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. That match has been changed, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Sami Zayn versus Aleister Black. This might actually shock fans. I I see Sami Zayn pulling off an upset, and I'm not reading off of any sheet or dirt sheet that tells me that. I just feel it. Or I could be really, really wrong. Intercontinental Championship has been added. Shinsuke versus Ali, not a fan of that. So tag team match, um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus the Usos. Is this going to be the kickoff match, or is it going to be next to the – I don't know. Overall, folks, I don't know – Oh, I'm going to read the L out card because this is going to be interesting. So, they're going to be debuting AEW, and I will get to... I'll finish my thoughts on SummerSlam. There's only a handful of matches that I find interesting or entertaining. All right, folks? Charlotte versus Trish. Ricochet versus AJ. Mm, Maybe the Tag Team Championship. You know, whatever. I don't know, folks, anymore. I just work here as all my common response when it comes to a main pay-per-view for WWE. Now, Angel Fishes. I've got bigger fish to fry, and we all know what I mean by that. Takeover in Chicago is where I will be headed. So, 
understand I've got that on the brain. And also, as I step outside here, WWE likes to project SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania as their biggest version pay-per-views. For the first time since 2003, I can honestly say I've been up and down with WWE for a long while now. Is that a good or a bad thing when it comes to watching and reporting on professional wrestling? It all depends. You can either live a very predictable lifestyle and cheer for one thing, or you can open up your horizons like I am. And you can predict or try to predict what will happen with AEW. Now, my assessment on SummerSlam is I hope it's a good card. It looks like a good card. So All Elite Wrestling, this is according to CBSSports.com, is about to set you know, a course for its television debut on October the 2nd. I want to, you know, see what's on the card for All Out. So, <laughs> you have a world championship match, Chris Jericho versus Adam Hangman Page, Kenny Omega versus Moxley, the AAA Tag Team Championship, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks, and a ladder match, Cody versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. That's interesting. Best Friends versus Dark Order. Winner gets a bye in the Tag Team Championship Tournament. Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allen. That is going to be a really fucking crazy match. I've seen Darby Allen at Evolve, at Revolver, Impact, you name it. There's just so many good wrestlers that are a part of All Elite Wrestling. And I know that I'm supposed to report and give my innermost deep thoughts about certain things, WWE, but folks, this is my craziness. This is my time to give you my insight about what I believe is going on in the world of professional wrestling the best way I can. So, here's what I have to tell you. Wrestling is definitely changing its course in history, and the way SmackDown Live and Monday Night Raw are doing things makes one wonder, do I have enough in the tank to keep up with what they are trying to show the fans, display to the fans? It's like, you know, putting stuff out on a display case or, you know, a shelf. You want people to be able to get a clear imagery of what you're selling and what you're trying to sell, what you're not trying, you know, what you want sold and what you don't want sold. What you want sold is a good show. What you don't want sold is a whole bunch of confusing promos that lead to nowhere or nothing or that are that have something to tie in with the show but still it's a long, drawn-out, dragged-out way of doing things like gauntlet matches, six-man tag matches, you name it. You gotta, you just once in a while, you know, you do a tag team match that's, you know, three or four ways. That's a lot of bodies, a lot of booking, a lot of shit that I tend to stay out of because that's not my jurisdiction. 
But you guys basically get my gist, right? I am trying my damnedest to report professional wrestling when I see SmackDown Live. What match bothered me the most? No, I'm not going to do it that way. It's what it's. Um, I don't think Mustafa Ali is a bad thing because you know fans. We some of us like flippy flippy shit. He does have a nice six thirty splash. Um, however, my bias is you know okay. How believable is it for a guy his size to beat a Shinsuke Nakamura? Is that a reason to dislike someone? No. It's, I feel like if you're force-feeding someone, the concept of someone's character, like, oh, he's going to be the ultimate underdog. I really like this kid's work ethic, so we're going to push him to the front of the line. Is Mustafa Ali going to be a part of my rant? Mm, No. He's not a bad dude. It's just, I don't believe... His character would be known if you if you were to ask a random person off the street, because wrestling fan, you say Ali, uh, that could translate into a lot of different things. If you ask a person, do you know who Mustafa Ali is? Is he a new comedian? Is what one person literally said to me. I... I shit you not, it was a wrestling fan. And I asked, you know, on Instagram, I go, I go so what did you think of Shinsuke versus Mustafa Ali? And he goes, uh, don't know who you're talking about, man, but I know of Shinsuke Nakamura. I turned off wrestling after, you know, 2016. And this guy has been watching it and says in the Instagram conversation, he had been watching professional wrestling since 1989 so when you were four five okay my bad I'm not going to reveal your age my friend but uh, no um, that's basically what he was saying he was, I, I loved NXT you know when I first got into it watching NXT that is in the network he goes I cancelled my subscription I'm watching AEW and I got into a conversation with him I said well did you happen to catch the Hulu replay of Mustafa Ali, Shinsuke Nakamura? He goes, I really like KO and what he's doing. I go, I catch it occasionally with my girlfriend. But he said, I don't know who this Mustafa Ali kid is. And he said it was okay to say his name. So your secret's safe with me, he says. My name is... Your name is Evan. Okay, cool. And where are you from? You didn't tell me that. Okay. Evan from Louisville, Kentucky basically said, I generally feel like professional wrestling is changing, my good man. But he goes, there's some people I don't even know their names or don't even choose to recognize because it feels like their characters are being force-fed somewhat. Not you know, they're not that they're bad people, he says. But I feel like some of the characters are being force fed to WWE fans and fans have mixed reactions. You want a reaction but you don't want the kind of reaction that loses you ratings or and I've been saying this, or that makes you jump ship. I'm not look, I'm not jumping ship because of what I saw on SmackDown Live. I feel that it can get better because I'm the annoying fucking optimist when it comes to this shit. 
Okay. So, I just want to point out some things, you know, the whole Randy Orton, Kofi Kingston thing. It depends on the timing. It depends on the build that worked. It, the build's fine. The promo was interesting. It's just, I don't know, man. I have, Like I said, I have mixed feelings about certain people at the top of their game, at the top of their level. Are they going to be long-lasting? Are they going to be consistent? There's certain questions I have. When it comes to WWE doing or booking certain things, I'm not, like I said, I am not a booker. I just want to know why... Certain people got their opportunities late. Ember Moon, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. It seems like those people are getting brief hiccups of joy. You know, getting Finn Balor winning the Intercontinental Championship is an example. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura winning the United States Championship. Samoa Joe winning a strap because if he didn't win, I'm going to tell you right now. There's so there'd be so much uproar as to why Joe's doing what he's doing, you know, with his character, what they're doing with his character. And if he was to lose the United States Championship match against Rey Mysterio, I don't know. Fans just, it would be a mixed bag. Some people do not like him. Some people love him. I like him because he's just raw talent, man. Samojo can mic. He can wrestle. But tying this back into what I'm saying is, or bringing all this to a head, if you will. Sigh, gasp, breathe. SmackDown Live has completely role reversed, and they're doing what Monday Night Raw used to do, and that's mm, create long-winded vignettes about what happened the prior week before so that if you didn't watch it, you could basically catch up on a show beforehand. Now, they did start off the night with Kevin Owens and and Drew McIntyre, but with a microphone in hand. It was said, folks, that the show changed what they were going to do at 1.15 p.m. Like, who has the fucking specifics on these things? Jesus Christ, Meltzer. No, and I do not like that. I, I honestly, you will hear me say I do not like Dave Meltzer. There's a reason. One, he reports a whole bunch of shit and gets insights. But he also happens to manage to be partially the reason why Mania 34 was askew. By dropping and leaking everything that WWE is supposedly going to do at their large-scale event. So, folks, before I end the craziness and the madness, I have to say one thing. If SmackDown Live has role reversed entirely, we're screwed. <clears throat> Only because if they're doing what Monday Night Raw is doing, that's going to drop the video. That's going to drop the ratings even further into the fucking shark tank. It's going to be like blood dropping into a tank full of sharks, and people are going to be like, no, I don't like this. Screw you guys. You're going to get that regardless. All right? Because SmackDown Live lost a lot of good creative minds, and but they put Bischoff in charge supposedly, right? 
So if that means he took the wheel, why aren't you letting him why are you letting him drive the car and put his foot to the you know, the pe- foot to the pedal? Step on the gas and let him fucking go and drive this some bitch home. But oh no. We have to change our mind, you know, and change you know, card subject to change. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on what you look at as as a good show or a bad show. Hopefully shit can change and hopefully, you know, stuff can get better for SmackDown Live. I hope it will. As in less promos, more work, you know, more wrestling. Promos only if needed. That's that's just my simple philosophy for professional wrestling. If the promos fit and it fits the programming great, if it doesn't, oh wait. Then fuck it. Do whatever you want to do. You guys are the masterminds behind this shit. Don't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain type thing. I got you. Well, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Toodles, bitches. I got to eat. I'm hungry. Good night, day, whatever. Peace out. Oh, and I am. Have a good wrestling day. Have a good wrestling night. Have a good night. Period. Night! Take it.